Welcome to the Art of Grateful Leadership podcast. I'm Judy Umless, creator of the Center for Grateful Leadership and author of three books, including Grateful Leadership, Using the Power of Acknowledgement to Engage All Your People and Achieve Superior Results. I'm also Senior Vice President at the International Institute for Learning, IIL. Now, today's guest is somebody really, really special, both to the Center for Grateful Leadership and to me personally, and uh, that is Roxy Nevin, whose title is Digital Marketing and On-Demand Content Coordinator for IIL. But she's so much more than that, that (laughs) I think um, the title is really silly in this case. Uh, Roxy is always pushing out the boundaries of the Center for Grateful Leadership. How can we make it more successful? How can we uh, bring this to the world? And I'm very grateful that sometimes when you get paired with somebody to do a job, it's um, uh, not a mismatch, but it's kind of, you know, uh, okay. But with Roxy, it was just amazingly um perfect right from the get-go. So, Roxy Nevin, thank you for being here today to talk about something that's really important to me and I know to you as well. How are you? Good, Judy. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Oh, well, that's so great. And it's so great of you to be willing to be open on a topic that many people um, would not be so. And I want to invite you to tell us a little bit about your journey and uh, how things were when you first heard about Grateful Leadership and how you got engaged and how it brought you to a new level on a personal as well as a professional basis. Is that enough of a starting point? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, first and foremost, you, you were uh, the inspiration for my involvement. And when I first started working with you, I believed that I was just doing a task Mm-hmm. And my task turned into an entire lifestyle. And that was because of you. And you live and you breathe the movement of, uh, you know, getting people to acknowledge each other and, you know, spreading some positivity in the world. And, and that's always been really important to me. Mm-hmm. But this, when I ran across Grateful Leadership, I realized that this is actually a doable thing. This is mm-hmm. something we can create a culture in workplaces, in communities, in all sorts of different ways using something like this. And Grateful Leadership and the Center for Grateful Leadership just turned out to be the most perfect thing. Um, I, you know, I have worked with uh, the Center for Grateful Leadership now for almost eight years, and it has expanded far, far beyond just being a task. Well, what was your personal journey that was so meaningful to a lot of people when you were willing to share about it that uh, was brought forth by your participation in this initiative? Well, um, I learned at around the age of 32 that I was on the autism spectrum. And at the time, I didn't really accept it. I I wasn't convinced that that was accurate. Um, But it was simply because I had not really done my research. And the more I got involved in the autistic community, and the more that I spent time around other autistic adults, and especially women, I learned that 
autism actually explained everything. I finally, you know, felt accepted. I felt like I wasn't abnormal or weird. Mm-hmm. And my whole life I've spent, you know, believing that I was just very strange. I was a very <laughs> odd person. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear that's not good <laughs> I learned that there were really good reasons behind it and neurodiversity isn't something you're afflicted with you know you autism isn't something that you have it is something you are it is you it is who you are and it is how your uh, brain processes information and so it took you know that knowledge and that diagnosis to understand that it wasn't just something, you know, that was something I had or something I had to deal with. This was just who I am. And you were the first person to give me the courage to actually be open about that. Prior to my involvement with, with Grateful Leadership, I hadn't told more than one or two people ever in my entire life. And it was a good 10 years after my, you know, it's been 10 years now since my diagnosis. And it has taken me until the last maybe year to two years to even discuss it openly. And you gave me the courage to do that, not just in the workplace, but in general. And um, I never dreamed that I would tell anyone at work that I was on the autism spectrum. But you were so welcoming and not judgmental. And you didn't make it seem like it was this big thing. You just accepted it and you welcomed me and you were like, oh, well, that explains some things. And then we moved on and it has come up when it has been important, but it hasn't been a deciding factor in my life. And I don't want it to be. That's exactly, you handled it exactly how everyone should handle it. And Unfortunately, that's not the case. Most people don't. And I think that your um, willingness and your dedication to the message of gratitude is why that happened. I think that that made a huge difference in how this all transpired. Why do you think, Roxy, that that was the key to it all? I'm really um, eager to know that because that's what I sense, but I love hearing the actual examples of it. I've actually thought a lot about that. I think one, it's two different things. The one most important thing is that you constantly show people gratitude. You are grateful as a person. Uh, your your way of being is gratitude. And you made me feel like you were grateful for my help, my presence, just my involvement. And that alone made a huge impact. That mm. having someone who makes you feel welcome, especially for me, who has kind of always felt like an outsider, mm. always been out on, you know, a wallflower, kind of outside of the crowd listening in. And you made me feel like I was a big part of you know everything. And you didn't just make me feel that way. You lived that way. You treated me that way all the time. There were never times where you didn't and it just made me feel more comfortable with being an open person about it that's amazing and and also you have to know that i i am a hundred percent authentic in my uh, gratitude and my acknowledgement and i i don't ever express it and not mean it so i think it came through to you that this was real i was not just you know trying to be nice or get more work out of you and you know yeah Sorry to interrupt. That's a really good because people on the spectrum 
often, you know, we one of the traits of autism is being able to sniff out inauthenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay. Don't don't try to lie to an autistic person. And part of that is because we take everything very literally. We're very literal people. And so we can tell when someone is being inauthentic. And and I think that that is a very good point. Your authenticity shone through in everything you did. And I think that that was what drew me to you in, in the first place. Wow. And I think also the fact that you started uh, by viewing this as a task I think within minutes, all right, maybe it took a few weeks, but you you were showing more than a task level of interest in this. And that meant so much to me because, you know, we're not the mainstream. I mean, IIL has so many offerings and there are so many uh, great services that we provide, but grateful leadership is a bit of an outlier. It always has been. and and. It's just now becoming uh, a bit more mainstream. So when you really expressed the uh, heartfelt interest in it and wow, this is fantastic. We've got to get this out. And, you know, that that meant so much to me to have somebody I'm working with. I'm assigned to work with it. And oh, wow, she's also passionate about what I'm passionate about. So so that felt great. But I want to talk about our uh, actual impetus for having this podcast together today because we came up against a real barrier um, and it brought forth a whole issue related to maybe uh, the neurodiverse and um, the neurotypical culture as you as it is called and um, I went a little bit crazy with you Roxy Nevin and giving you an acknowledgement as a gift that you refused to open up. (laughs) It felt like I was giving you this great Christmas present. It was all wrapped in with bows and you wouldn't open that thing. And it was already, you know, the springtime. So I, I will, I will just tell it from my perspective and then you tell it from yours, because I think we both learned a tremendous amount from this and, and I think we may even be breaking new ground in in the uh, neurodiversity, uh, you know, um, learnings and teachings. But okay, so you had um, really made me very aware of the the. And should we define neurodiversity and neurotypical just uh, to make sure everybody knows what we're talking about? Because we've used the expression a few times. You yeah, can yeah, you do that? Yeah. Absolutely. And there's actually an important distinction between neurodiversity and neurodivergent. Um, The the, the actual definition, the term neurodiversity refers to variation in the human brain regarding sociability, learning, attention, mood, and other mental functions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Neurodiversity is sort of a a term for all things that impact embrace neurodivergence, whereas people, people don't have neurodiversity. We are a part of a, you know, a neurodiverse thing, but we we don't have neurodiversity. People are neurodivergent. So there's a really important distinction there. Thank you. Um, That's great. Absolutely. And then in terms of, you know, neurotypical would basically just mean, and I hate to use this term, 
normal, it's typical. <laughs> Everybody people, else. <laughs> right. People whose brains function and process things in the way that we have always believed as a society that things are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Now, there are a lot of people in the autistic community who I don't know if they're joking or, or if they really believe it, but lots of people believe that there are more people on the spectrum than not. And wow. so there's some people who take offense, a little bit of offense to the word neurotypical because it kind of implies the word normal. And yeah. we're not abnormal. We are, but we're not, you know, it's, it's, that's kind of a preference thing, but um, <clears throat> yes, neurotypical just generally means that your brain processes things normally. Neurodivergent or neuro, neurodiverse means that your brain processes things in a, in a way that is different from what is considered medically typical. Yeah, and I remember when we brought in uh, Brandon Fargus, uh, who was with Red Hat and was in charge of the whole neurodiversity uh, uh, group, uh, employee resource group, and uh, he spoke to us about it. He actually did a presentation for one of our online conferences too, but he led a session for the CGL, and it was amazing how, um, you know, there's really a science to all of this, and he made us very aware of how a lot of companies are now uh, trying to attract neurodiverse individuals because they can get certain jobs done that nobody else can and in better ways than anyone else. Yep, so, and there's, um, you know, the, an aspect of that that is true in my own job. I wouldn't be able to do my job as well as I do if I were not on the spectrum. I'm certain of that. Yeah. Um, but the Journal of Ethics actually wrote a really fantastic series of articles um, called The Myth of the Normal Brain, Embracing Neurodiversity. And you can Google that. It's just uh, available out there. But there are a lot of related articles, both from the Scientific American and the Journal of Ethics and Psychology Today, that are just fantastic if anyone's interested in learning more about neurodiversity. Excellent. Okay, so getting back to uh, our our little breakdown and then breakthrough, um, I decided to include a whole segment on neurodiversity in the newest course that I created called The Power of Acknowledgement, which was a value add for the IPM Day 2020 online conference. And it was a six hour course, as it turned out, with all the exercises on demand, but still a highly interactive course, and I created a whole segment around what I had learned from you and Brandon and uh, uh, Carol Jean Whittington, another advocate for neurodiverse individuals, and um, I thought that it really went well, uh, and I shared uh, something with you because it, I had wanted you, as soon as the course was completed, I wanted you to hear and see it and try it out. Because there was not only um, um, a description of the neurodiverse movement and and how it related to being in the workplace, but it was really specifically about the importance of accepting acknowledgement and how challenging it is for neurodiverse individuals to do that. And I had no idea about that. So you really educated me and uh, you did a couple of blog posts about it and very, very important writings. But I said, Roxy, you've got to play this segment. It starts on slide number 55. 
just go right to that. You can forget about the rest of the course. I want you to hear, you know, who you have been for me and my learning and my, uh, you know, growth in uh, the Center for Grateful Leadership. It's very important to me. And go ahead. What happened when I invited <laughs> you 22 times to do that, Roxy Nevin? I could write a book about what happened. There were so many things. And in part of it, um, you know, at first I didn't, I don't like to do anything in segments. I like, I wanted to take the whole course. And I think that in my head, I would, it's better to wait until you can take the course. <laughs> Even yeah. if it's uh, 20, uh, 29, you know? Yeah, right. Right. And well, I mean, it wasn't that long and I figured I could just kind of push it out in a few days once I got down to it. Uh, but, you know, a whole lot of things happened and I never stopped to think about the fact that your excitement was because you were giving me a gift. And it was once I finally watched it, I realized it was only a few minutes in that I really, it clicked some, and it was the quote that I used in my article from you, from that course that really made that click. And that's when it hit me that you had done everything in your power to make me do this. Mm -hmm. To invite you to do this. Yes. And, but you did it in the nicest way, the best way anyone could have done it. And I never saw that. I was, I was blinded to it until I heard that quote from you in the course where you said it's really very important for us to know who our acknowledgments are being addressed to mm -hmm. and that line in that course is when it hit it clicked like it just like a light bulb went off and i was like this is a gift and she's been trying to give me this gift for so long now and i haven't been accepting it and you know my sister has told me my whole life even as a kid you are the worst person at receiving gifts oh. and i am I am, I'm terrible at it. And I don't understand exactly why, but I know that being on the spectrum has something to do with it. And it's a common complaint among the community. And um, that is something that I will eventually figure out about myself. But I am, I'm terrible at receiving gifts. I'm terrible at receiving acknowledgements. And it's not that they make me uncomfortable in the way that most people think of the definition of uncomfortable. But it makes me feel like I'm not going to respond in a way that shows my appreciation. Mm. And I think that that's a big part of my problem in lots of different aspects. And why the Center for Grateful Leadership has been so good for me is because I've always had that problem. I've always had an issue with acknowledgement when somebody appraises me for something I've done or for who I am as a person. It just feels like I'm never going to live up to their expectations of my response. My response will not be what they expected. And so that's the part that makes me uncomfortable. It is not receiving the acknowledgement. Oh, wow. That is so interesting. I mean, because that is, for me, it was uh, a matter of you saying, I did it. This made a difference. Thank you. And uh, I'll help uh, get the word out about it. You know, I mean, it could be one one sentence, two sentences. It doesn't have to be anything big. But um, but for you, it became a major task, I guess, or something that you were uh, not clear on how to deliver. 
Well, I felt like it deserved more than just Uh my short attention span. And at the time, I was in the process of moving and the process of doing several things. And because of that, I felt like I don't have the time to actually give this the attention it deserves at this moment. So I'm going to wait until I do. But the problem is, and that would be fine if it had only been like a week. But the problem is, is that kept happening and it kept happening. And I should have at some point said, you know, I need to at least address this. Maybe I can't give it my full, full attention right now, but I should at least address this. But my brain never went there. I kept on being stubborn about the fact that I needed to do the whole thing. And I wanted to watch the whole thing and take the quizzes and, and be, you know, embrace all of it. And, you know, just like what you said at the beginning of our working together, I was never, I never treated you as though you were just a task. I never treated it as though this is a task. That's because it didn't take long for me to jump right in. Once I'm in something, if I involve myself in something, I'm all in. I don't yeah, know. I get that. Small. <laughs> so right. I think that was a big part of it was I wanted to give it more attention than I thought I needed. You know, I felt like I needed to give it more attention than I needed to. But you had some great advice for people who are giving acknowledgement or wanting to give acknowledgement to people on on the spectrum. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I, that I learned a lot from that, and you you, uh, you know had a, an excellent blog post about it too. It was on uh, I think you put it on LinkedIn, right? Yes. Yes, I wrote an article on LinkedIn, which should be uh, publicly available on my profile. If not, feel free to send me a connection request. Um, Yeah, I wrote an article which started out as a post just to acknowledge you and that I had, you know, actually finally listened to it. But (laughs) it turned into this huge article because it was so much bigger than I had at the same time that it was so simple and easy for me to just go and watch that segment, it was so much more important and so much bigger than I had even given it credit for. I didn't ever stop and realize what all you had put into it and how big that section was, how much you talked about neurodiversity. And now I kick myself because there are sections of that I would love to give out you know, to the neurodiversity community and the autistic community because I think that there's a, a real bridge there between gratitude and autistic individuals and like a way that we could finally understand how people can approach somebody with an you know acknowledgement or even a gift or whatever it is they're wanting to give to someone because how you approach someone how you do it is everything especially when you're on the spectrum and the way you did it was perfect even though it was not perfect for you. Oh, God. It was not. It was not at all. I had to threaten you. You remember that? It does. And it took me. I I created a challenge. It was not a threat. It was a challenge. Yes. And it was a huge motivator because if there's anything I hate more on this planet than anything else, it is being on video. And so (laughs) (laughs) you, you challenged me and said that if I did not watch it, by Friday, that Friday, that you would ask me to have a video ready, prepared for why I was refusing to accept your acknowledgement. 
that's so a, that was a powerful, powerful motivator. And and instantly, again, as soon as I watched it, I was like, this is incredible. And I am so silly for not having done this already. Aww. So I just, you know, I knew the moment that I watched it. And it was just, like I said, a light bulb that went off. And I just started writing and the words started flowing. It was like I, I paused it to go write what I wrote on LinkedIn. Oh, like, that's amazing. Yeah. It was so powerful and everything you said was so powerful. And it clicked at that moment that not only did you understand what you, you had said, the quote about you have to know who you're sending an, an acknowledgement to, not only did you understand it, but you lived and breathed it for a month at least while you tried to <laughs> do it the right way, right? <laughs> yes. yes. And you were so patient and kind about it. And you tried to, you know, not make me feel pressured because you knew how busy I was and you knew what I was going through. And, yeah. and so it just, you know, you did it perfectly. And I think uh -huh. we could both teach, teach others how to approach this subject because you knew exactly what to do, even though you don't have a whole lot of research knowledge on neurodiversity. You just know me well enough and we've yeah. been friends long enough that you knew how to, how to coax me there you probably should have put a little more pressure on me though. <laughs> <laughs> well you know what when, when it brought to light and you know you've been completely transparent and I will be too that it's the pain of uh someone's refusal to accept our acknowledgement and and this is something people ask me about uh, very frequently in my classes and keynote sessions, you know, they say, what if I try to give somebody an acknowledgement and they brush it off? It makes me not want to try it again with anyone else. And, and yes, people do have resistance to accepting a heartfelt, authentic acknowledgement, but the vast majority will accept it with a great, great appreciation. So we always take the risk. But when we get somebody like uh, yourself, Roxy, or other people I've had this happen with, and, and you know, I've shared the story about how I was acknowledging a friend of mine who went on a three-day class trip with a group of, I think it was uh, fifth graders to Washington, D.C., because her child had special learning needs and needed her there. Um, I told her what, you know, what an incredible mother she was. And she just did that. Oh, it was nothing thing, you yeah. know, and it's waving the hand in front of the face. It was nothing. Yeah. And so what, what I generally do is I, 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 I let that into my brain for a minute. And then I say the same thing in different words, <laughs> hoping that this time they'll get it. But I got the same reaction. And the third time I, when, when she did it, she, I said it again. She said, really, Judy, it's nothing. Really, any mother would do. I grabbed that waving in front of the face hand. I said, listen, you've got to get this. This is an incredible thing you have done for your child. And you've set an example for other parents. And, and she started to cry. You know, the tears were rolling down her cheeks. And she said, you know what? Even my therapist couldn't get through to me the way you just did. <laughs> so, she said, I build cement walls. Now, 
we could have a whole other podcast on why people build cement walls around themselves so that, you know, they can't accept our acknowledgments. And, you know, that that's just as painful as trying to give it and they're not receiving it. I mean, it's 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 on both ends that there's pain. You know, yes. she, her, her concrete wall, it was a painful place for her to live. And when she stepped out and when she broke through it, or together we whacked that that chisel against it. Um, you know, she was very grateful and appreciative that I had stayed with it. Similar yeah. to what we um, experienced together. Yes. So I'm very yeah. happy you continued. <laughs> I, I don't give up. I mean, it's sometimes I ask myself if I'm uh, losing it, if I'm crazy. But I, if somebody deserves it. And I know instinctively that they do. I mean, sometimes if they really are completely close, so I said, well, let me talk to your boss and I'll tell your boss how great you are since you can't hear me, you know? And that has worked actually at times. Uh, even in a restaurant, let me talk to the manager. Cause yeah. you know, oh, I treat everybody, this is nothing special. This is what, you know, I, I want to talk to your manager. And then I say it and, and then the person gets all teary, you know, standing yeah. there and acknowledging them. So what's that? I can definitely identify with that. Building up walls is my, should be my profession. I'm very oh. good at that. <laughs> <laughs> How about work with me, change your profession and be someone who takes down walls in ourself and in, and helps others to do the same. Well, you have certainly been not just an inspiration and motivator, but a true example of that. And you have helped me over the past eight years more than I could ever, ever explain to you. And likewise, believe me, you know, just your passion for this and your research. I, I am not one who runs to research. I, I research from my heart. You research from 92 uh, references, and, and it's very, very helpful, you know? All, all happening at the same time, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it, very, it goes together very well. Yes. So, Roxy, thank you so much for being um, such an important guest on this podcast and really stepping forth in a way. I think, I think you're a role model for a lot of people who still feel they can't share their being on the spectrum or have a lot of uh, anxiety about it. And, and you, you're blazing a trail just as we're blazing the trail with gratitude. So, um, any closing words, and then we'll uh, end this. We could talk for hours, I'm sure, but <laughs> yes, yes, we could. Um, my only closing words, and I don't want this to sound, you know, like a sales pitch, but if you haven't had the opportunity to take this course, the power of acknowledgement, there are just like I said in my article, at least a million reasons to do so. Uh -huh. It's quite fantastic, and it's you know, you did such a wonderful job with it, and I. I'm looking forward to us working together forever, probably. Forever, at least. <laughs> at least. Thank you, Roxy. And if people want to take the course, what's the best way? I know the um, uh, IPM Day access period ends tomorrow on Sunday, so they won't be able to get it through IPM Day. How can they get it other than that? Uh, they can go to IIL.com 
and simply search for the course in the course search. If you would like a 10% discount, you can use the promo code POA Judith uh, for a discount. Ooh, on that I didn't course. know I had that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> POA Judith. Okay, that's me, Power of Acknowledgement Judith. Mm -hmm. And uh, oh, that's great. So they can just go to IIL.com and search for it in the course. Uh, the, it's the on-demand courses that they look through. Yeah, they, right? don't even, yep, they don't even need to filter it that way or anything. If you just type in the word acknowledgement, it'll it'll show up. As the first oh, that's one. great. Okay. Well, yeah, that was an unanticipated uh, pitch, Roxy, but thank you for that. I appreciate okay. it. And I, I hope that uh, Others will um, take your advice and and get as much out of it as you did and uh, as I did from creating it. So I want to invite all of our listeners to please mark your calendars and join us at the Center for Grateful Leadership live web webinar that we're having in honor of Employee Appreciation Day, which is March 5th, and that's at 1 p.m. Our guest presenter for that session is um, a very exciting person named Samantha Elliott, and she has the, one of the best titles I think I've ever heard, Recognition and Appreciation Lead at the BASF Corporation, which is one of the largest producers and marketers of chemicals and related products in North America. So she that's her job. Can you imagine that? listeners and Roxy to have that be your job to be the recognition and appreciation lead at a corporation and I'm starting to hear more and more of those titles emerging and uh, Samantha's going to speak about creating a culture of recognition and appreciation so please join us March 5th employee appreciation day make it one of your big events for the day in your uh, organization and of course, if you want to join the Center for Grateful Leadership so you can get announcements about all of these um, uh, webinars and podcasts and any new um, uh, contributions made by our regulars, our regular uh, writers and creators like Roxy, who does Grateful Parenting, and uh, we've got some great other columns, then go to gratefulleadership.com. And admission is free, but the experience, I'm told, is priceless. Of course, I, I've started doing something kind of fun. I have started welcoming people. Uh, I reach out to them and have a little uh, 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 video chat with them. So when you join, I can't promise to do every single new member that way, but I'm, you know, as they're popping up, when I have uh, 10 minutes, I... Uh, invite them to speak and it's really fun I, I had my first one of those this week and it was just incredible so you can also reach out to me directly by writing to me at judy.umlas u-m-l-a-s at iil.com and i would love to hear from you at any time and please remember to acknowledge someone or many someones each and every day until the next time I'm Judy Umless. <laughs>